0: It's me, it's TRG, the Rambling Gambler, a vest-wearing, ring-bearing, son-of-a-salesman. Our podcast tries to entertain and inform each week. Let me try to do that again today. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, vampires, mummies, and the Holy Ghost, do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local Problem Gambling Hotline. If you do not know your local Problem Gambling Hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you and we will make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. So, we have not done a Gambling with Gabriel segment in a while, and I thought I'd update you on where he's at with his craps experiment today, so we'll do one of those segments. Also, I received a simple question this week, and the simple answer is pretty obvious, and and it needs to be answered, but I, I probably just could have been answered in an email, but There's a more complicated answer to the question, and so I'm going to do the question segment, and I'm going to provide both the the basic, simple, straightforward answer, and I'm also going to provide a, a bit of a more complex and somewhat nuanced answer. I did some traveling, and that means I have results, and because this is always about the results, we're going to have a travel segment. I thought in the VIP lounge I would share the recipe and a little bit of the backstory for a TRG teeny. And I'll tell you about a gambling trip that went wrong because I didn't do my research. Many of you know the basics, but let me run them down quickly. There are games in the podcast. They are explained in episode 22. There are prizes, and we've had winners, and you are welcome to play if you're interested. We are active on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we are always grateful for likes, shares, subscribes, comments, and reviews. There is a Casino Combat channel on YouTube, and more importantly, there is a Boot Camp playlist, spelled with a K of course, that covers all of the core concepts in easy simple short segments no jokes very few stories just just teaching just this is if you want to be a good gambler if you want the basics if you want to understand the fundamentals that playlist lays it all out for you to my continued surprise i make some money every month using a slot strategy that i developed If you want to read about it i wrote a short ebook that explains it you can get a copy free by sending me an email via trg at casinocombat.com spell combat with a k and include the words slot tactics in the subject line s-l-o-t space t-a-c-t-i-c-s i'll email you a link to download the book i would love to buy you a drink and here's how that works If you're out and about in a casino having a drink, take a picture of yourself or the drink or yourself with the drink. Post it on one of the social media platforms that we are on. Tag us and shout us out. Billy, myself, T-Rex, we're on the lookout for those pictures. When we see them, we will get in touch with you and send you the price of a good drink at my local casino, which is $7. And we'll make sure that you get that by Venmo or PayPal. If you'd like to buy me a drink, go to anchor.fm slash casino combat and click on the donate link. Send whatever you're comfortable with. The next time I'm in a casino, I'll take a picture of the drink you bought me and I'll shout you out for buying that drink. And confession time now, everybody. Um, and I, I've i told you, if you listen to any of this stuff from the beginning, I've told you that I don't think I'm perfect. There are plenty of people that do this better than I do it. There's plenty of people that know stuff I don't know. I'm learning all the time. You're seeing that learning. You're seeing that evolution. But I messed up. I, I really dropped the ball on something I should have already told you about several times, and and I'm not sure why I messed up. I I just didn't even think about sharing this, and that's dumb. It should have been top of mind on several episodes, and it just somehow never made it um, into the process. So apologies for my mistake. I told you several episodes back how stupid and dangerous I think apps that take real money for fake gambling where you can't actually win anything are. I do. I think they're dumb. It's not something I'm interested in, and I think they're dangerous because I think they take a lot of money from people that get hooked on the gambling part of it without realizing they should be getting something back for that gambling. But what I skipped in all that, as right as I was, was that there is an app that I use all the time that's right in this category. It's from MGM. It's called MyVegas, and I think it is worth your time. I know it's worth mine. Not your money, but a small amount of your time. The MyVegas app is free. And every day they give you free imaginary coins that you can play in various slot machines. If you run out of coins, you can buy more. Which you shouldn't do. There's nothing really to win. But here's the thing. As you play the slot machine with the free coins they give you, you accumulate these little gems. then Like five-sided gem things. I don't know what they are. It doesn't really matter. Um, and those gems can be changed into comps in the app that you can use at properties in the real world. MGM properties in the real world. And yeah, you need a bunch of these little gem things to even get a cup of coffee. But you can get meals. You can get rooms. Certainly the two-for-one meals are easy to get and very valuable. A buy one, get one. If you're going to the casino anyway, obviously that has value. Here's the better part. All the imaginary slot machines have a button to just continuous auto-spin. They just play and play and play and play and play. So what I try to do once a day is I fire up the app, I collect all my free coins for the day, I pick a slot machine, and I turn on auto-spin and I put my phone down while I do other things. And every couple minutes I glance over to see how things are going. And if I've won or lost 5 million coins for the day, I close the app. And over time, I've won enough that, you know, that used to be when I won or lost a million coins a day, right? Now it's when I've won or lost five million coins a day, right? That's my positive exit point, won five million. My negative exit point, lost five million. And I've accumulated, right? I've accumulated basically reward credits, the equivalent of reward credits, not in the MGM system, but in the app. And I got a little button there at the bottom that says rewards, and I can go in and shop for whatever it is. Um, I might enjoy the next time I'm at an MGM property. I never buy coins. I always seem to have plenty to play with from all the free coins they give out. And as I said, over time, I build up enough to comp myself something worthwhile. If you have an MGM property near you, or you're planning on traveling somewhere that has an MGM property, even if you're not really active in the MGM rewards program, no reason not to grab this free app, spend some free coins, build up your amounts over time, build up what you can comp yourself, um, I've got some online allies that go to Las Vegas once a year and they're comped for three or four nights at an MGM hotel because they just play the app and they never put any money in. So, my bad. Sorry I didn't mes- mention that before. I should have. There were plenty of opportunities. Not sure how I missed that one. But uh, that's how things go sometimes, I guess. Let's do that easy question that I said I got and then the easy and the complicated answers to that question. What? What? Okay, so Brittany G wrote me this week, and she says, our podcast, and I gotta tell you, I love that Brittany, by the way. Uh, That's just great. So she says, our podcast has convinced me to learn how to play blackjack and try to gamble to win, not gamble for fun. While I'm learning and putting together a bankroll of money I can afford to lose... I've been using your slot strategy a little bit, and I've won more than I've lost so far. The last time I gambled, I left my card in a machine. Is that a big deal? Do I have to start over with a new card? Ah, Brittany, 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 thank you, 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 thank you. It is great to hear that you are starting through the process, and it sounds like you're building your side hustle on a solid foundation. But Lair, here's the deal, okay? Leaving a card in a machine or losing a card is is a nothing. It's a no big deal thing. It's not damaging you or your situation in any way. I have a friend, Eric the banker, who always throws his card away in an angry rage when he leaves the casino. It's almost just like a tradition with him, and he just gets a new one the next week when he's there again. Just stop at the rewards desk or the promotions desk, whatever they call it at your local casino, at your place where you gamble. Just stop there the next time you're there, give them your, your driver's license, give them your ID, whatever you have, and they'll give you a replacement card. But you're going to keep the same number, you're going to keep whatever points you've accumulated. It, as I said, it's a nothing. You're, you're not starting over, you're fine. But there's a more interesting aspect to this whole lost cards thing. And in fact, I'm going to expand this a little bit beyond cards that have been lost, and cards that have expired. I think those are both kind of valid things to to talk about, and uh, to kind of have uh, uh, kind of share my point of view for a minute. Look, a few weeks ago, I told you I've learned from heroes and crooks, and I firmly believe that cheating is wrong. But I also believe there is a gray area between cheating and not cheating, and I'm willing to at least consider using things I've learned to take advantage of the gray area if I'm not hurting anyone else in the process. Um, lost cards, expired cards can be really useful in this gray area, right? I was in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, you know that if you've been listening, and last year I dropped from Diamond, the third tier in the Caesar system, down to Platinum, the second tier. But nobody ever took away my Diamond card, and I suspect it's pandemic and nobody wants to bother in handing cards back and forth and all that, but in years past, the first time I used a lower level card someplace that was expired... They would say, oh, we need to get you a new car. We want to make sure it works in all the slot machines and everything. And sometimes these old ones don't work. That's not true. The old ones always work. They just don't want you walking around with a card higher than the level that that you're at. And they shouldn't. I mean, that all makes sense. But in this case, I still had my, my diamond card when I was in Las Vegas. So I took advantage of that. I, I saw no reason not to. Maybe you would, and that's fine. Any situation in which I knew no one was going to actually swipe my card and look up my account, I just acted like I was still diamond. So, like, at all the cages, there's a line that says, a roped line that says diamond and seven stars. And then another line for everybody else. And there's always, almost always, often, usually, a couple people in the the, the line for non-diamond, non-seven stars. And that's the line I belong in. But from years of experience, well, I don't belong there anymore. <laughs> I got out of that line. But when I was in Vegas, that's the line I belonged in, right? But I know from years of experience that the, it just goes like this. You get in the line for Diamond and Seven Stars. You walk up to the window and you just flash them your card, right? Like a person without a police badge flashing a badge and trying to make you think they're with the police. If you don't show them your card, a lot of times they don't care. Sometimes they do care. Sometimes they'll actually ask you to show them your card. But they never take it from you. They never swipe it. They never confirm who you are. They never do any of those things. So I just walk up to the diamond line, show them my card, and they say, oh, thank you very much. And I cash my chips. And I have a more efficient trip. And I I save a few minutes. The other thing that I used it for, um, and some people don't know this, and uh, some hotels aren't doing it during the pandemic, but normally, if you ask for water, a bottle of water at a caesar's property in las vegas obviously they're happy to give you one but if you're a diamond or seven stars and you show them your card they'll bring you a fiji water instead just because you ask and it's kind of a silly thing but it's also kind of a fun thing and i do really like fiji water and i would never buy it for myself generally speaking so when the waste would come by i would say oh do you have fiji water here and she'd say oh yeah sure and i'd take my card out of the pocket, in my vest, where it goes, handy, all the time, ready to go. And I'd just show her my card and, sh- and say, oh, I'd like one of those, please. And she'd take care of it. And, of course, i tip her. So little things like that where in, in uh, Las Vegas, they weren't going to check my card and I knew it, then I just went ahead and, and acted like I was Diamond and took advantage of that expired card. Locally, right, my local casino parking costs money. It's in a downtown area. If parking didn't cost money, everybody that worked downtown would fill the lot and there'd be no place for guests to park. So, parking costs. But if you're at the third tier or the fourth tier or the fifth tier in their reward system, parking's free. And you can do that normally by printing a slip at the kiosk when you walk in the door. You just swipe your cards, you get your free play, you see what else is going on in the casino, um, and then you print out a slip to, to pay for your parking. But... You don't have to do that. You can just show your card to the ticket taker, just hold it up and show them the card, and you can exit the parking garage without paying. I mean, the most I've ever had to do is say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot to print my slip. Or, oh, I'm sorry, the the printer was offline. And they go, okay, have a nice day. Thanks for coming, right? So until somebody takes my old card away from me because I dropped from tier three down to tier two and I no longer get free parking, but until someone takes my card from me I'm going to be parking for free. And when I go in, I haven't been there since I dropped levels, but when I go in again, I'm not going to hand my uh, higher tier card to any employee and let them take it because they should and they will. At the earliest opportunity, they're going to very politely take my card because it's expired and give me a new one. And I get that. That's how it's supposed to be. But I also get that if I just don't give them a card, if I just go to the desk and have them print me a new card, then I can give the new card to the dealers and the employees, and they won't think anything else about it, but I can still show my higher tier card at the cage to get in the good line and at the at the parking garage so that I don't have to pay to park. So that's expired cards, but none of this requires ID, right? That's the whole trick to this this little bit of thing. Is none of this requires ID. So you can show them any card, right? You're just showing them a card. It's just a visual thing. If you find a slot machine with a card somebody left in it, or you find a card on the floor, I mean, you shouldn't leave the card on the floor. That's littering. None of us like litter, right? You should pick the card up. And if it's better than yours, if it's a higher tier than yours, just keep it. Just keep it and use it until you earn a higher level than the level on the card. In those few situations you'll get a few benefits out of it or don't right that's the other side of this or don't because maybe this all offends you maybe you think no 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 that's too far over the line that's actually cheating not a problem as i said heroes and crooks as always i'll let you decide which descriptors to apply to this behavior if it's not for you it's not for you but at least you know it's an option thanks again for the question Brittany. Thanks you very, very much for the Our Podcast thing. I just, I really do love that. So there's our answers, and let's do a little gambling with Gabriel and find out what's been going on with him. Last week, I got a chance to talk to Gabriel about our holidays and catch up a little on how his gambling has been going. Um, you know, just nature of the beast, I guess, at this point. I see him a lot less now than I used to. I mean, one, pandemic, but two, the places that the, that we had in common, I'm not going as often, as often anymore. And I wish I was, but I'm not. And we've talked about that. So it's always good when I get a chance to talk to him and catch up and hear what's been going on. And I was really kind of surprised to hear because so before the holidays, he was still very much in his craps experiment. He was working on perfecting his throws. Um, He was adjusting his time of day that he played to try to take advantage of players he trusted in terms of getting him good points and numbers. Craps points, not tier points, um, to make that distinction. He knew when good players played and he was trying to play and ride their good play to, to make some money. And I found out, to my surprise, after not really talking to him much for a couple weeks, that he'd kind of wrapped up his craps experiment, at least for the time being. I mean, still a tool in his toolbox, but not something he's doing um, as much right now. Because as good as the tier credits, as good as the tier points were, he was putting in a fair amount of time, and he was seeing really big variances, wins and losses. And he wasn't finding the consistency that, uh, well, quite frankly, we both hoped he'd find. If he'd found consistency, then I'd have been happy to just ride his shooting and, 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 and enjoy the ride. So he's kind of back to trying to accumulate regular small wins by playing blackjack, and he's compensated for the lack of available seats by playing early in the morning so that he minimizes the chance that he's not going to get a seat for an extended period of time. And one of the things that Gabriel noticed over the holidays was a higher than normal amount of really low-skill blackjack. And that was interesting because I'd had exactly the same experience on my New Year's Eve trip with Mrs. TRG. I just put it down to the holidays, but I thought it was interesting that he's having exactly the same thing happen to him. And neither of us can really wrap our head around kind of what we're seeing, this random uh play from ignorance, play from fear. I, mean, I don't like putting negative labels on things, but... I'm not quite sure how else to to think about this. Because this goes way beyond the I-don't-hit-hard-16-but-I'm-consistent nonsense that I've talked about in the past, that it's absurd. But this is like... And he and I both saw virtually the identical thing from different people in different buildings on different days. Along the lines of someone who doubles at Blackjack a two-card total of seven against a dealer's nine. And then shortly later... They don't take a card when they have a total of 12 against a dealer's nine. Now, I try to always make the mathematically correct play because that's my best way to keep the house's advantage as small as possible. Anything other than the mathematically correct play, I am just losing more money than I need to over time, and I can't afford to do that. This is a hard enough thing to do, as easy as I say it is, getting over the house advantage is a project. It's not easily done. I don't need to make that harder on myself by losing a card combination more often than I than I have to. But at least, at minimum, I can rationalize the choice not to hit a hard 16 ever. The player is making a choice to take less risk and give up some reward. It means losing more than necessary over time, but it does decrease the risk of of busting your hand on a hand-by-hand basis. But doubling a 7 against a 9 is an aggressive play. It adds a lot of risk to the game. And, okay, fine. But not hitting a 12 against a 9 is something you do to decrease risk. And that's what completely puzzles Gabriel and myself. The random combination of a person playing one hand afraid of losing the 12 against a 9 and then a few hours, or a few hands later, they are making a really aggressive and risky play, like doubling a 7 against a 9. Often they do this after asking what the correct play is, and then they ignore the answer, and they act either from fear or from greed. At least that's what we think they're acting from. Anyway, when Gabriel and I observe the same thing when playing hundreds of miles apart, it suggests to me it's probably happening everywhere over the holidays. And just as interesting is this. Gabriel and I did exactly the same thing to handle those situations when when we were put into those tables, when we were put in those situations by other players. We both considered leaving the table, and then we both decided that since we were winning, we just needed to be careful with our wagers. We needed to be aware of what was going on. And then both of us When we started to lose, when we had those first couple of losing hands because of what other people were doing or because of the randomness they were introducing, maybe that's a better way to say that. When it started to bug us, that's the best way to say it. When we had a win and their play started to bother us, we each decided to leave because we didn't want to deal with that negative emotional content, which we've talked about before. Negative emotions often lead to bad decision-making, and that is one of the things that I think is is just so, so, so great. When I met Gabriel, I probably would have left the table immediately, and he probably would have played through it regardless. And we both have matured enough over the, the course of time that we've known each other that I now am a little more patient if I'm winning before I let it get to me. And he's more willing to leave recognizing what might happen, in his case, what he might decide to do because he's annoyed. Just great stuff in that regard. A great reflection. One of the things I really enjoy about my relationship with Gabriel is we have these conversations and it's not just, it is, how was your holiday? How was your holiday? What did you do? What did I do? We're doing that, but stuff comes out of that that then reflects back into what we both do and we both seem to take advantage of. So that's what's going on with Gabriel done with his craps experiment at least for now um, and uh, back to blackjack and uh, finding value in uh, in 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 using what we talk about here even if he doesn't use all of it so all good stuff in that regard I took a quick ramble this week just a small one well a little bigger than a small one I guess um, but let's catch up and get the results so that you know what happened and you know if I had success or failure let's take care of that now <laughs> Boy, this is going quick, folks. This is going real quick. Um, I think I've said this before. Maybe I haven't. Maybe I've only thought it or, or shared it with family and friends. I feel like Casino Combat Podcast, our podcast, is however long it needs to be. It's like Game of Thrones. It's like a Game of Thrones episode. Uh, I remember hearing an interview with the producers or the directors, and they were asked, why are some episodes 30 minutes, and some episodes are an hour and 30 minutes? And they said, every episode is as long as it needs to be. We're not, we're not locked into... The show has to start at 8 a.m. and it has to be over at 9 a.m. It has to be a one-hour show. You listen whenever you have time. I put into the podcast what I think the podcast needs to have. I make my notes during the week. I kind of start sketching things out. I go through what happened. If Honestly, if I need an hour and a half to teach you something that I think some of you would, would like to, to learn, would like to hear about, I'm going to take an hour and a half. And... If it's quicker, it's quicker. Except when I try to explain why it's quicker, which makes it longer. Yeah, I've done this before. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so my home casino, Casino 2, is open again. And I took a quick overnight trip last week. They gave me a comp room and a, a very nice match bet. I had a couple of nice winning tables. And nice in the sense that uh, um, in both cases on my, on my winning tables, I was I was down to that negative exit point. The I I lose this bet and and I'm off the table and I'll take a break and I'll and I'll get back to it. And in each case, as I'm thinking that this could be the last hand, and I'm going to have to go. If I lose this one, I'd start making a comeback, and I'd gradually get back to even. And then eventually, I got to nice nice wins, solid wins. You know, got to that point where not only had I won as much as I won to win minimum. But I was doing that thing where, okay, well, if I lose three bets, I'm out the door. And I just keep winning. And I just keep winning. And I just keep winning. So nice, solid wins. And then the good part there is those wins took time. I didn't get off the table fast because of a negative. I didn't get off the table fast because I won just enough and got off. They ended up being longer runs. And longer runs means more time. And more time means more points. So that was great. I had a small losing table and a couple of of losing slot machines. I did see something I thought was funny and clever, and that I made a note that I wanted to, to share with you. The current rules in this particular state say that restaurants and bars can't serve alcohol unless there's food on the receipt. And so a month or so ago, people were going up to the bar, and they were ordering the bars in the food court, right? So you had to order food, but you had to order your drink at the bar. And so people were ordering a drink, and they were ordering a bowl of soup, and then just throwing the soup away. And they were doing that because the soup was like $2. It was just the cheapest thing on the menu. So people would go up and order, you know, a double vodka tonic and a bowl of soup. And then take the soup and the double vodka tonic. And they drop the soup in the trash. And, and they'd take their double vodka tonic to the blackjack table or the craps table where they were allowed to drink. The waitress just isn't allowed to carry you the drink. And you have to get food with it. So kind of a weird one. They've reopened, right? They were closed for a few weeks. Order of the State, they're open again, and the casino has just started giving a complimentary hot dog and condiments with every drink you order. They're not even messing around with the fiction anymore. Order a beer, you get a beer and a hot dog. Order that double vodka tonic, you get a hot dog, right? And you can leave it there. You could just leave it on the counter. No one will care. That's fine. You don't even have to throw it away. But apparently figuring this all out, right, there's a, a rope line that you have to stand in to go get your drink and your hot dog. And then a separate rope line going another direction, that's the exit, and then you get to some tables, and then you get to the casino floor. And on one of those first tables, as you just get out of the exit line, there's a young man sitting at a table, playing with his phone, and on the table he has put, standing up tall, a homemade sign that says, I like hot dogs. And then beside the sign was the stack of empty hot dog containers that, uh, that he'd accumulated with, with his sign. Uh, a very clever young man for sure. No doubt about it. You may recall, uh, particularly if you listened uh, at the beginning of this podcast, at the beginning way, way, way back months ago, that uh, Casino 2 is part of what I call a casino cluster, a casino group. Uh, casino 1 is an hour away from Casino 2. And because of the geography, if I drive from Casino 1 to Casino 2 and then drive home from Casino 1, it only adds about 30 minutes to my travel time to get home. That's all all the additional time I'm adding to the trip. So what this does, it lets me pull benefits out of two properties on one trip if I just plan ahead a little bit. And I knew I was going to have some stuff at Casino 1. I hadn't been there in a couple weeks. It's a new month. It's a new year. The next morning, I stop at Casino 1. I got a drink comp little early in the morning, but I put that to good use. Um, And I got a match bet, and my birthday's this month, so I got some free slot play as a birthday gift. I had a nice slot win, and I had a winning blackjack table, and as a bonus, I found out I had moved up a tier in the reward system with the points from the last visit I made, so I got a shiny new gold player's card, too. Always fun to get nicer cards. In total, for both properties, for The 22-hour little trip I took, uh, I won just less than three days pay after expenses between the two casinos. Nice start to the month, nice start to the new year. Got things off right. Always fun to do that. So let's adjourn to the VIP lounge for a cocktail and a couple quick stories. What do you say? Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. I'm sure you know we always have the best virtual bottles in the VIP lounge, and you're welcome to help yourself. Yes, the holiday decorations are still up, but that makes sense. The Greek Orthodox Christmas just happened last week. I will take them down before next week. Probably. Maybe. Sort of. I don't know. Maybe they're fun and we'll just leave them up. Um, As always, beer, wine, sparkling, and still water are available, and we always have local handcrafted artisanal pop and some soda if you prefer. I'm going to have a TRG teeny today, and I thought I'd share the story of how those came to exist and how to make one for yourself if you would like. Several years ago, my local casino stopped being part of Caesars and became their own little standalone reward system. And late in the year, Mrs. TRG and I took what we thought was our last seven stars, that's the highest tier, uh, seven stars, we thought we were taking our last seven stars trip to Atlantic City. Because after the new year, we were going to fall down a level and we weren't going to be seven stars anymore. And in Atlantic City, the Caesars had both a diamond lounge and then a separate, fancier seven stars lounge, which we really liked. It was, it was absolutely great. We knew there was a good chance that we were never getting through that door and into that lounge again. So we made sure we enjoyed several visits while we were in Atlantic City that weekend. And that particular 7 Stars Lounge had a specialty cocktail called a Leatherneck that that I had enjoyed on several occasions. So as the bartender was making my last one, I took a picture of the description on the menu and made a short video of him making the drink. And a few weeks later, I'm at my local, local casino on a Wednesday afternoon when things are really slow and I'm talking to one of my favorite bartenders, Eric the Banker, and it's really just me and him and one other person. Um, um, maybe every day Mike was there. It could have, Maybe every day Mike was there having a, having a beer because he usually did that every day. <laughs> but uh, so I showed him the video and I showed him the picture of the menu. And I asked if he thought he could make one. And he was like, well, I can make you something based on that. I don't know if you'll like it when you drink it, but I'll try. Sure. So he got pretty close on his first attempt. And we tweaked things a little bit and he got a little better. And by his third attempt, he really had things sorted out. And then in a tremendous act of kindness, he taught on days when he was working with other bartenders, he taught the other bartenders the recipe for the drink so that all the bartenders that were regular bartenders in VIP would know how to make this drink for me that I was kind of sad that I had thought until that moment I probably wasn't ever going to get to uh, enjoy again. Because I'll be honest with you, There is a a liqueur in this that I didn't even know how to pronounce the name of until Eric the Banker actually taught me how it was properly pronounced. So there's not much chance I was going to make this cocktail for myself at that time. Although, once again, through their help, I now probably could make one and can make one if I I really need to or want to. And I can have other bartenders make it for me because I didn't know how to tell them to make it. So it was a win-win-win all the way around for me. I was, I was enjoying those, and we needed a name for it so I could tell people what, tell the bartenders what I wanted to order, so we needed a name, right? And other people started asking to order the same thing, and they needed a name, and we kicked around some ideas, we thought about calling it a Smurf Teeny, and we thought about calling it a, a Trek Teeny, and ultimately we just ended up calling it a TRG Teeny. It, it worked out just fine. So if you want to make a TRG Teeny, here's how you do it. From the best bartenders I know. Take several lime wedges and mull them into a martini shaker. Add two parts Crown Royal. In fact, if you want to get really fancy, use Crown Royal Black. And one part blue curacao, not spelled the way it sounds. And it doesn't sound the way it's spelled. And that's a word I butchered um, in trying to describe this to my, my wonderful bartender. One part blue curacao liqueur. So two parts crown, one part blue curacao liqueur, add some ice, shake well, and then strain it into a martini glass. What you're going to have is a very strong martini. You've been warned. It's a very strong martini, and it's going to be a really cool kind of turquoise blue color that is both fun and a conversation starter. So that's what I'm going to enjoy today. I'm going to, I'm going to take the time to make one of those for myself, and, and that's what I'm going to enjoy and so while we're enjoying that and while we're wrapping up, I thought I'd explain why why the move up from platinum to diamond was on my mind for this year before and during the pandemic um, and why I dropped down to, to uh, the second tier instead of the third tier in the Caesars system last year. So I thought I'd get that kind of out of the way as it is part of kind of the backstory of, of why Vegas was necessary. In the summer of 2019, I got an offer for a comp flight for two and a hotel stay in Laughlin, Nevada, which is about, I've heard different things. It's between an hour and two hours by car um, south of Las Vegas and a much more kind of laid back, mellow place along the Colorado River. We'd always talked about going there. We'd never taken a day out of our, our Las Vegas trips and rented a car and made the drive, but we'd always said it'd be fun to go and fun to see something new and So we decided that that's what we'd do. Instead of going to Las Vegas to celebrate our anniversary, which was often what we'd do, we decided we'd go see a new set of casinos, a new hotel, eat in some different restaurants. But I knew I needed a bunch of points. I was a bunch of points behind just because of random stuff that had happened in my real life. And so I took a bunch of money with me, a lot more than I would have normally taken for something like this. And my plan was, with Mrs. TRG's blessing, my plan was I was going to play in the high limit room when Mrs. TRG and I weren't playing together. So if she was at the pool or the spa, I was going to go grind out points in high limit to reach Diamond. And we were both fine with that and we both knew we had enough money for that. That part wasn't a big deal. So here's the thing. Laughlin's a fun place the casinos are all along the river there's lots of water sports jet skis that kind of stuff there's a water taxi that will take you from casino to casino there's a river walk that connects most of the casinos together and at least at the time we were there none of these casinos in this fun place had any high limit tables or high limit rooms in fact the couple we saw that had high limit rooms it was just more expensive slot machines there were no tables in fact, it was worse than that. We couldn't find a decent blackjack table with decent rules anywhere in town. It was just clearly set up, and this is not a complaint. It doesn't make things work for me, but this isn't a complaint. It's an observation. It's a statement of, of what I perceived the facts at the time to be. Laughlin appeals, it seems, to me, by observation, to retired people that are happy to go take $50 and gamble it $5 at a time and they don't have a lot more than that to gamble with That because at $50 it's entertainment and at $100 it's cutting into their budget and they're on a fixed income. And that's all fine. I get all that. There is nothing wrong with someone in retirement saying I got $50 to gamble every two weeks and that's what I'm going to do. I got no complaint about that at all. But I don't generally want to gamble with them because the rules they'll accept to just enjoy being entertained with $5 blackjack are rules I don't want to play under. And I really don't want to play under them with the kind of money I was planning to play with to get my points. Because that just gets into an area of risk I'm not willing to take. No high limits, no good rules, and we ended up just being tourists. And hanging out in the VIP lounge and probably honestly drinking a little too much and playing some slot machines and eating at some nice restaurants and doing some other touristy things. And we had a great anniversary, but it wasn't a gambling trip. It wasn't the gambling trip I had planned. So a lesson learned. And that's kind of why I took the time to share this story as much as anything else. I should have done a better job of scouting this location before I committed to the trip. If I was doing this now, if I was going any place new now, the very first place I'd go is to my online allies in those online groups dedicated to various towns. There's a Laughlin group I would go hit. There's a Caesars group that I would go hit. And I'd find out before I got there if the level of gambling I wanted to do was going to be supported in that place. And that was my fault. As I said, lesson learned. I should not have assumed that anywhere in North America, I would find decent rules if I was just willing to play $100 a hand and funded for it. I just assumed that was true. It had been true to that point in my life everywhere I'd been. I'd never been anywhere where $100 a hand wouldn't get you really, really good rules. That's another case of I actually did think I knew everything in that case. I thought I'd seen it all, and I got schooled. I got educated. I didn't know it all. And the end result was I didn't get anywhere near enough points to make that jump. Something that would have been easy to do if I'd have spent that amount of time in Las Vegas became impossible to do unless I was willing to take on more risk than I wanted to take to get points. And I just, that wasn't something I was going to do. So there are nine casino chips in this episode. If you are playing that game and you can find nine, send me an email and I'll let you know if you were right. Tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. Right now, more than ever, I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand, I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at casinocombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at casinocombat.com. Don't forget, I know you know, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everybody.